Welcome to the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. You may be seated. How are you all doing? Thank you, five of you that are doing good. It's okay. You can be a little noisy. You're not going to distract or anything with me. Thank you so much, Jared. Um, but hey, welcome. Uh, nice to have you here. Um, we are enjoying our, if you, it's your first time here, so this is, this is our new building. Well, it's new to us. It's older, but it's new to us. This week, I was reading a story about a, a lady. Um, her name is Grace, and she's telling her story. And in, in the country of Rwanda, um, after so much of their genocide and wars and all those things happening, they decided they, they wanted to make their country better. And so what they did is they, they started these villages called transformation villages. Um, and in these transformation villages, people from all sorts of tribes would come in. And people were no longer defined by the tribe they were born in, but by people themselves. That they were just people. It wasn't the tribe or whatever that defined them. It was them as people. And so she, she's telling her story, this lady Grace, and, and she tells her story about how there was this day during one of the times this genocide was coming through that her entire family was massacred. Massacred by this, killed by this man. And she's telling her story about how much hurt and pain and fear she lived under every single day. How much hurt she experienced by this one man that murdered everybody she loved. She experienced fear wondering, would he ever come back and kill me? Would he ever come back and take my life? Well, am I safe? Am I okay being here where I am? And, and she, she lived in the, one of these villages desiring for unity, desiring that people would one day live in this place of peace. And, and as she was living there, and she, she was telling her story about how much hurt this man did, about how much pain she caused her, about how every single day she lived in fear because of what he did. And as she was telling the story about the, the hate in his heart and the hate of what he did, she then reaches over to this man's hand who's sitting next to her, and she says, I want to introduce you to John, my neighbor. John is the one that killed my family, but now we're friends. And then it, it, she goes into telling, they tell John's story, and John, after he was part of that killing, that genocide that was happening in Rwanda, John then moved, and he, or he was taken captive, and he was placed into a prison camp in Rwanda. And John grew up in that prison camp, or didn't grow up, but lived in that prison camp, and one day these missionaries came through. And the missionaries started talking about the love and forgiveness that could be found in Jesus Christ. And John thought, there's no way I could ever deserve being forgiven for what I've done. I am so evil and so despised, and I, I, am, I am a disgusting person. I don't deserve to ever be forgiven or set free from what I've done. And then as these missionaries continued to share about the love of Jesus, he went up to him and said, but can I be forgiven? Is that even possible for me? So as, and as they continued to tell him the story about, uh, about the love of Jesus, and they said, if Jesus can't die for you and if he can't forgive you, then who can Jesus forgive? Because Jesus' forgiveness is meant for all people, no matter how far from God you are. So after hearing from John and hearing all those things, John one day then, he came to this understanding that Jesus truly loved him. And that he could have the forgiveness of Jesus in his own heart. And then the, a few a while later, uh, uh, the guards or the, whoever oversees the prison came to the, 
the prisoners and said, hey, guys, we want to let you know of an opportunity. An opportunity where you can cut half of your sentence, you can cut your sentence in half if you want to be part of these new things that we have called transformation villages. You see, in transformation villages, it's not just about unity, but it's about changing your heart and changing your life. And they said, if you choose to be a part of one of these villages, there are rules and regulations, but we'll cut your sentence in half. So John says, I don't even deserve that. I don't deserve the love of Jesus, but I don't deserve my sentence being cut in half. I'm a murderer and I'm a killer and I don't deserve that. But one day, John finally raised his hand and said, hey, I'd like to give it a try. So then they put John on this piece of property with Grace. John and Grace did not want to be there together. They did not want to see each other. They, she still was struggling with so much fear of him, and he was struggling with so much guilt and shame of her. And so they were told, you guys are going to live on the same piece of property, and you guys are going to have to build your own homes. And so in the middle of their property was this pile of bricks. And every day as they would go to build their homes, they would have to go to that pile of bricks, and they'd have to grab, and they'd have to see each other every day. And every day as she would go grab a brick, she'd have to make eye contact with him because he's there too. And so they would build their homes, and every day she would be fearful of him. And every day he saw her, he would feel guilt and shame because he knew, I've done something that's so not forgivable. She had every right to never forgive. She had every right to hold every grudge. She had every right to hate him with every bit of hate in her heart. Every right, but she knew that would never heal her soul. And then all of a sudden, things started to change. One day, she realized when she took a break, he would also take a break from building his home, but he would start taking bricks and build hers. He would start helping her, and little by little, the walls started breaking down. Little by little, love started pushing through, because here's the thing. Hate can never push out hate. Only love can do that, as Martin Luther King said. Hate never drives out hate. And so little by little, love started pushing through those walls. Love started pushing through those walls until, as I told you at the beginning of the story, they became friends and actually became neighbors. Because forgiveness is an amazing thing. Forgiveness pushes through all things that don't make sense. But forgiveness says, I can look past the hurt and shame and I can love you all the same. The one thing I want us to know today The one thing I want us to walk away from today is that quote from Martin Luther King. What we need to know, this one thing, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. When we choose love over hate, there is freedom. When we choose forgiveness over vengeance, there is freedom. When we choose Jesus, there is freedom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. God, I ask that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. I know all of us come from different places. All of us hold hurts and pains, maybe guilt and shame. And Lord, we all either need to be forgiven or we need to forgive. And Lord, I pray that today, no matter where we are, no matter where we're at in that process, God, that you would start that healing in our own hearts and in our own souls. Jesus, I ask that you meet us here. Lord, meet us wherever people are at church today. Lord, I know that we're not the only one. We're, we live in a valley of, of other churches, Lord. I thank you for that. God, I ask that you would bless Valley Life Arrowhead today. And I ask that you would um, bless North Valley Community Christian. And, and that you would bless Desert Breeze. And, Lord, that you would speak through Ray. And, God, I ask that you would bless the Refuge Church and speak through Joshua, God. And I ask that you would speak here at City View Church this morning. In Jesus' name, all God's people send.
Amen. Well, hey, good morning. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the senior pastor here at City View Church, and I'm so glad you decided to join us. We're continuing our series titled The Beautiful Reset. And our world has been going through some insane things. I've lived on this earth for 41 years, and I've never seen the things that have been going on in my entire life on this earth. I've never seen so much division and so much hate ever. Is it not insane? Do you ever feel like I can't go through another day? And it's like every day there's something that is happening on our earth that's just like, why can't it stop? Well, it can't stop because our world is full of evil people doing evil things. And until Jesus comes back and changes all things, evil will continue to go. But here's the thing. When we let love flow through us, like that quote, hate cannot drive out hate, we're seeing what hate does. We're seeing it. You saw it with covid you saw that. You saw what happened. I mean, there was so much hate, so much anima. There still is. It's not done because there's still so much hate, so much fear driven in that. We've seen that. We saw what happened after George Floyd. We saw how much hate happened. We saw what happened there, right? And then we saw with politics. I mean, politics is going to be a whole lot of fun this year, isn't it? I can't wait till November. I mean, it's just like, it's been so much fun already up to this point, watching people yell at each other and cause division. I mean, that's been a whole bunch of fun. Um, and it's just going to get a whole lot more fun as we continue to get closer and closer to that day in November. Um, and then even after that, no matter what happens, I mean, there's going to be just who knows what's going to happen. But there's so much division happening in our world, and we, we, we see this hate, and hate cannot change things. Only love can do that. And so as I was watching all these things happening, I, I started formulating with my friend Jerry, we started formulating this series called The Beautiful Reset, how so many of us, we just need a reset in life, we need a reset for our souls. So in this, we, we've done a five, five different sermons on this, today is the last one. The first one we looked at is resetting our mind, because man, our mind, I don't know about you, but my, my mind can be one of the most evil places. I can think evil things. And all of that. And the first, we looked at Romans 12, verse 2. It says, therefore, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed to the renewing of your mind. Because our minds need to be renewed. So we looked at resetting our mind, and then we looked at resetting our identity. And when our identity is found in only in us and our abilities and the things we can or cannot do, then you don't, we'll, never be, we'll never be satisfied. But when our identity is found in Jesus, you will find satisfaction. And the following, we looked at our ego. And man, if you've missed any part of this series, I want to encourage you to go watch. You can watch them on YouTube. You can listen to them. I've never preached on the ego, but man, that was one of the hardest sermons to get one of the funnest ones to ever preach. When we looked at the ego. The ego that wants us, that wants attention to revolve around us, that wants everybody to notice us. But the ego, ego craves that, and God says, no, you're not created for the world to revolve around you. You're created to point at others. And then last week we looked at our focus. If we're focused on the wrong thing, we'll never get to where we want to go. But when you're, focused, when you're focused on Jesus, God will fulfill that in you. And this week we're looking at how do we reset our heart. How to reset our heart. You see, our heart and our mind, our heart and our mind, they work together. If our mind goes off on its own, and it's not being transformed, we will go down a path that, will soon, that we will soon regret. And if our heart is left to its own, and it's not filtered by faith, then it will too soon lead us down a road of deception. The book of Jeremiah in the Bible, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, it says, Our hearts are deceitful above all things. I'm sure you guys, you've heard these quotes before about our heart. We are to trust our heart. Have you ever had somebody say, just trust your heart in this? I'm sorry, have you ever, has your heart ever wanted you to do something it shouldn't want? 
My heart tells me ice cream almost nightly. Or it's my stomach or my mind. Who knows? They're all working together. It's a conspiracy against me. We are told to follow our heart. Follow your heart. Follow your heart. We are told to go where your heart leads. We are told to do what our heart says. I'm sorry, but my heart cannot be trusted. When we let our heart lead us, it will lead us towards desires which are dependent upon your outside circumstances. Our heart is led by what's going on around us. So if you're in a good mood, your heart will say, yeah, this is good. But if you're in a bad mood, like if you're fearful, your heart will tell you to hide. If you're angry, your heart will tell you to hate. If, if you are jealous, your heart will tell you to covet. And if you've been hurt, your heart will tell you to get revenge. All of it is evil. All of it is evil. And as we close out Romans 12, Paul gives us some good guidelines on how do we guard and reset our heart. He says this. Romans 12, verses 17 through 21. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. The verses are going to be up here. Or there's an app called the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. You can download it. And every verse and all the major points of the sermon, you'll be able to find them right there. Paul says this. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you are honorable. Do all that you can to live it to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemies are hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their head. Don't let evil conquer you. But conquer evil by doing good. Paul knew that revenge will never fill your heart. So many times we think revenge, getting revenge will satisfy. I can tell you, growing up, there's four boys in my family. I'm, I'm the oldest of four boys. I'm the oldest of six kids. And there were moments of revenge that never brought back satisfaction. There, there's broken bones in my family from one brother being pushed off a block wall. There were brothers being hit with baseball bats, shovels, baseballs thrown through walls, fists punched through walls, or baseballs thrown through windows, and I never did any of these things, just to let you know. I never once threw a baseball through a window, punched a hole in a wall, hit my brother with a shovel, or hit him with a bat. Never did I do any of those things. I had other brothers that did all of those things. I was the good one. Um, but I'll tell you, anytime vengeance has ever been, and I have three boys, anytime vengeance has ever been taken in my family, it's never been satisfying. It never solved the problem. And it's the same when you grow up. We just get more creative sometimes. You see, even in our movies, they are portrayed as revenge is what you do. You see superhero backstories. So much of them are getting revenge. My, my kids and I, my, my older two boys, we started watching um, Chadwick um, Bossman's videos. I don't know if you know who he is. He's, he was Black Panther. He just passed away of colon cancer this week. Um, and so we're, we are like, hey, boys, let's, let's just start watching. Um, we've already watched all of them, but that's, he's our favorite superhero. He's just rad. He's good. Um, and so at the end, so in the, if you've never seen Civil War, I'm going to totally ruin it for you right now, and I'm not sorry. Um, it's been out for years, and you are way behind the time, so I'm going to ruin the story. <clears throat> so in the movie Civil War, the, there's this character, um, and his whole family was killed by the Avengers. It was totally an accident, but they dropped an entire city on his family. Um, and you just don't do that. And so this guy, his whole life, like he's been stirring up in his heart wanting to get revenge on, on the Avengers for what they did. 
And so he's been angry and mad. And so he, he ended up getting this book and was able to manipulate this man's mind called Winter Soldier. And Winter Soldier killed Black Panther's dad. Actually, it wasn't him. It was the other guy, but it doesn't matter. So at the end of the movie, he finally causes division between Captain America and Iron Man, this, this guy. And Black Panther, the character, he's also built up in this because he hated Winter Soldier for killing his dad. And so as, as this guy, I can't remember his name, this main bad guy in the movie, as he causes division, he now leaves the scene where Captain America and Iron Man are fighting to the death. Captain America is trying to protect his friend Winter Soldier, and Iron Man is trying to kill them all for all that for killing his mom and dad. And then Black Panther walks out and finds this guy, and he's sitting there. And the guy's listening to the last voicemail he had from his wife. And Black Panther stands behind him, he sort of kneels, and he says to him, He says, This is what you wanted to cause so much division in this. He said, Yeah. And Black Panther says this. He says, vengeance has consumed you. He says, and it's consuming them now. He says, but I'm done letting it consume me. You see, we have to get to the point where we have to allow revenge and vengeance to not have control over us. Because it will eat you alive. Just as in that story of Grace and John and John choosing to forgive, or Grace choosing to forgive John of something he didn't deserve, but it's not a matter of whether we deserve it or not. It's realizing how much we've been forgiven. You see, the only way to fix this, the only way to fix anything is through forgiveness. Forgiveness is the healer of our hearts. There's a freedom that comes when we can forgive. Forgiving is not saying it was okay. Forgiving is not saying, hey, that's okay with what you do. Have you, have you ever had somebody come up to you and they're like, I'm so sorry, and your response is, that's okay. No, don't ever. I remember one thing growing up as a kid, I was always told, don't ever say it was okay. Say, I forgive you. Because when you say it's okay, you're just saying, hey, it's fine what you did. So if you're raising up kids right now, tell your kids to say, I forgive you. It's a big step. How many of you have ever done that to where you've just said, somebody says, I'm sorry, and you just say, that's okay. Anybody ever done that before? Because I have. Stop it. It's healing to your soul when you say, I forgive you, because you are releasing them, and you're releasing you. They're powerful words. I'm sorry is powerful. I love you is powerful. And I forgive you are powerful. Those are some of the most powerful statements you will ever say in your life. If you are married or going to get married one day, those three statements will save your marriage. They will save your relationship. I'm sorry. I forgive you. And I love you. And you're right, honey. Those four statements, those four will keep you married for a very long time. Um, use all four. They'll heal you. They're good, and they'll get you out of a lot of trouble. You see, but forgiving, it's releasing you. This, this, this last whole part of, of Romans 12 is all about not letting your enemies win because it's natural for us to hold things in. But when a person gives their life to the Lord, it changes who you are naturally. You start becoming more and more like Christ when you let things go and when you learn to forgive. You see, Jesus knew our hearts cannot handle revenge. Have you ever taken revenge and at the, at the end you realized that didn't solve the problem? Has anybody ever done that? You've taken revenge. And maybe it's, it's a matter of just a quick word. Maybe it's, it's doing something hateful back. Maybe it's something behind their back to somebody else and you just helped ruin their reputation a little bit. 
does it ever satisfy? No. You see, because we don't understand justice. Growing up with, my, watching my boys and growing up in a family with boys, punching the other one never solved anything. Hitting them with the shovel never solved anything. Throwing a baseball through a glass window never solved anything. Saying, I'm sorry, or asking forgiveness, that solves. The reason why God says vengeance is his is because God is just and he gets it. We are called to forgive. We are called to be at peace with all people as much as it depends on us. That's what the Bible calls. We can't always be at peace with everyone. We can't, can we? There are some people that you'll never be at peace with. Maybe they passed away. Maybe they're dead now. And you can never be at peace as much as it depends on them. But you can be at peace when it depends on you. You can say, I forgive you. You can say, I'm sorry. You see, you, you have the power to do those things. We are called to be at peace. We have no control over other people's hearts and actions. We can't. We only have control over ours. We are called to overcome evil with good. Like Martin Luther King said, hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. The more we are led by love, the more hate flees. When we take out revenge, it will never work out for our good. We've got to learn to forgive. There's going to be a graph behind you in here. You see, when we choose... We have a choice. Every time somebody does something to us, when we have an action done to us, the humiliation, the hurt, the pain, the action, we have a choice. So you have the thing that was done, the action done, and you can choose to get revenge. And then usually when they get revenge, or when you get revenge, what happens? They retaliate, right? And then once they retaliate to you, what do you do? You get revenge, and then what do they do? They retaliate. And then what do you do? You get revenge. And then they retaliate. And it's the cycle of so much unhealth. Have you ever been in this cycle of revenge and retaliation, revenge and retaliation? You see this in practical jokes when people are trying. It starts out being funny. You do something to your friend. And as I said in, on the online sermon, you do something to your friend, and all of a sudden, you know, they do something back to you, and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until your car ends up at the bottom of the lake. And then it's like, oh, well, that went too far. So, so you have that. You could do that. Or there's some other choice you could do. You could do what is called constructive revenge. Now, does that mean you get really creative to getting revenge so that they don't know that you did it? No. No. It's not meaning you get so sneaky in getting revenge that they don't even know it was you. It's not you talking about them behind their back and letting it think that somebody else actually did. That's not creative, re constructive revenge. Constructive revenge is something happens to you and you saying, I'm going to grow in this. I'm going to learn in this. And I know you behind me, you can't see, but I can't write like this. Maybe I can. So you have that choice, constructive revenge. Or you can choose to just accept their apology. Okay. They say, I'm sorry. And you're like, okay. You walk away. That, that, that helps. That can help you be okay. Or, or you could, you know, sometimes there's the legal, legal action. Aren't there things that people have done? And it's not just a matter of you saying, not, not just you growing and learning, but it's actually taking legal action, legal course. You know, where, where they need to go to jail or something needs to happen to them. There, there are those situations where this has to happen. But the thing that's the most freeing, most healing, is when you choose to forgive. 
Because here's what forgiveness does. All these things will make you feel okay, but forgiveness will make you feel whole. Forgiveness will give you peace. Forgiveness, it will set you free. See, when you choose to forgive, it's not just going to make you feel okay. It's going to make you feel whole. It's going to make you set free. It's going to give you a peace in your soul. That's what forgiveness does. When we choose to say, I forgive you, there's so much freedom that happens in our life. So much freedom. When we take revenge, it is, it's a never-ending cycle that will not satisfy you when we take revenge. But when we choose to forgive, restoration can happen for both parties can happen for both parties. Jesus is our example of forgiveness. Jesus, in, in Luke chapter 23, verse 34, it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. As these men are gambling for Jesus' clothes, Jesus says, God, please forgive them. God, please forgive them for what they've done. Please forgive them. And Jesus is our great example of, of how do we do this and how do we forgive. Here's what the Bible says about forgiveness. It says in, in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through, through 15, it says, If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. In Luke chapter 17, verses 3 through 4, it says, So watch yourself. If another believer sins, rebuke that person. Then even if there is repentance, forgive them. Even if that person wrongs you seven times a day and each time returns and asks for forgiveness. Now, I, I, know, have, I know we all live in different circumstances at homes. And I, I have kids in my home. And let me tell you this verse, even if they repeat it seven times, how many of you have ever, maybe you at work and you have that person that works around you, it seems like every day they make the same mistake over and over and over and over and over again. And you keep having to say, I'm sorry, I, I forgive you, I forgive you, I forgive you. And it's that I forgive you. Maybe you have kids in your home and they make the same mistake. They do the same thing of disobedience. Maybe you've got brothers or sisters at home. I mean, how many of you live, you're right here, you've got your brothers and sisters at home? And it's hard, right? It's hard when they hurt you, right? Little guy right here. When your brothers annoy you and they bother you, right? It's hard. But we're called to forgive. We're called to forgive not just one time, not two times, but seven times. And then it says also, it says Mark chapter 11, verse 25, but when you are praying first, go and forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. You see, here's what happens. When we choose this path, and we allow, we just keep unforgiveness in our hearts. It festers, and it grows, and it grows, and it grows. It's a sickness that happens. This week, a friend of mine lost his leg. Six years ago, he bought a longboard. I was, he was one of our bus drivers. I, I used to be a youth pastor. And he was one of our bus drivers, and he was one of my favorite bus drivers. So we request him every year. And then uh, I, I, we, uh, I, I mean, I was a leader, but I would bring my longboard along with the students. We'd bring our longboards every year. And, and one year, I, I, I had mine. He goes, hey, I just bought a Sector 9, because that's what I had. If you don't know what that is, it's just a longboard brand. And I said, I bought it, he, and he told me, I just bought a Sector 9. It should, be, um, it should be there at my home as soon as I get home. So he started riding it, and then he fell off it and broke his knee, broke his leg at the knee. Six years of surgeries. Six years of them trying to heal it, but guess what happened? It got an infection, and it got an infection. It got worse and worse and worse and worse. And then last week, I saw he posted on Facebook, they said the only solution is amputation. Or else it will take over my whole body. So he had to cut it off at the knee. 
I called him before it happened. I said, dude, are you okay? He goes, yeah, I'm work through it. But you see, when we allow unforgiveness in our hearts, it just festers. And so many of us, we're living here. Maybe we're not going and getting revenge, but we're letting it seep into our soul. But God says, don't do that. You need to forgive. If somebody sinned against you, go and forgive them. Luke 6, 37, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Peter in Matthew chapter 18, Peter comes up to Jesus. He's trying to be all prideful, trying to sound holy and spiritual. And he says, hey, Jesus, what if somebody sins against me seven times and I forgive them? Is that good enough? And Jesus says, no, forgive them 77 or 70 times seven. Now, he's not giving a number like all you have to do is add up, okay, so, or multiply. Okay, so if I just forgive somebody that many times, we're good. No, the idea is you just keep forgiving. You don't stop forgiving. That's, it's just a continual path of forgiveness. You forgive after forgive after forgive. Jesus is not wanting us just, he's not just telling us to forgive just because it's good for your soul, but it's good for your health. This week I read multiple art, um, articles about how forgiveness can help you be a healthier person. You see, when you hold on to this, I used to live by this lady who just held on to bitterness, and she held on to it and held on to it. She's such a grumpy person because it makes you, it it, it ruins you on the inside. So I read multiple articles about how you can, how forgiveness can heal you on the inside, how it makes you healthier, a healthier person. And so one, it says, uh, uh, or one article said there's the, the 33 ways of how forgiveness can help you. I'm not going to go over the 33. There was another one that said the 18 ways that forgiveness can help you be a healthy person. I'm not going to do the 18. There's one article that said five ways. I'm going to do the five. The first one, it says, it reduces stress and related disorders. Researchers have repeatedly shown the negative impact of stress on our health. By evidence is it's by but evidence is accumulating on the positive role forgiveness can play in distributing the cycle, disrupting the cycle. For example, a recent study of 338 adults showed that greater forgiveness was associated um, over time with less stress as a consequence. They had better mental and spiritual and physical health. And then another thing, what it does is too, it can help lower depression carrying around unresolved anger and pain and resentment, it takes a toll on you mentally and physically. Researchers suggest that at forgiveness therapy, which is intended to foster forgiveness, can help alleviate depression. Forgiving oneself is also important. You've got to be able to forgive yourself, not just forgive others, but sometimes you need to be able to forgive you for what, what's been done or what you've done. Self-forgiveness is so important. The two work together. I think that's one of the reasons why, if you know anything about the Bible, there's a guy named David in the Bible. And I don't know that David ever fully forgave himself for what he did. When you look at what he did in life, so he, he slept with another man's wife, got her pregnant, and then because he found out she was pregnant, he had her husband murdered. And then all the, and then the baby ended up dying. And then all these things, and then his kids, he started having a whole lot of family issues. One of his kids ended up sleeping with one of his other kids. One of his kids murdered one of his brothers. Whole lot of bad things happened. And when I really step back, I have to look going, did David ever really forgive his, himself? 
Because when we're under, when we're un, when we realize God's forgiven us, but we're unwilling, we're really unwilling to accept that forgiveness in ourselves. It causes so much hurt. The third thing, it protects your heart. Physically protects your heart. We feel this both physically and spiritually. Numerous studies have found that forgiveness lowers blood pressure. And a recent one showed that it also will improve your heart, the functions of your heart. Forgiveness can help prevent heart damage. There was a study done with a bunch of patients, and they divided them in two, patients who had the same heart problems. They took one set of patients and took them through a heart therapy, heart therapy, forgiveness therapy. And they taught them how to forgive and how to, how to help set other people free from that. And then the other group, they just took them through regular, just letting them, they just did the regular medical stuff. They didn't do the additional um, things for them. And what the study showed is those patients who went the forgiveness therapy, that their hearts began to heal. It's amazing the power of forgiveness. It helps us spiritually heal our heart and set us free. It can strengthen relationships. Can't unforgiveness cause so, such a big wedge between us and others? It can cause such a huge problem. Even the best relationships can suffer from miscommunication, perceived slights and insults. We can hold this close to us, vowing never to forget, never to forgive, but that does nothing for us. But when we choose to forgive others, it solves so much inner relationships. And when we choose to forgive, the fifth thing it does is it will help you reach your potential. How many people do you know, have you ever met, that are not reaching their potential because there's something holding them back? And so many times that thing that's holding them back is an unforgiven heart. Or it's a heart that's unwilling to forgive. And so because they hold on to that grudge, they hold on, they hold on, they hold on, they do not let it go, or they hold on to their own life because they're unwilling to forgive. God can't move them past what they so possibly could do, and it keeps them lower. It keeps them at a place where they cannot be set free. But when we choose to forgive, it can help you reach your potential of who God's calling you to be. Here's the thing. We cannot even begin to understand forgiveness until we see how much God has forgiven us. Remember, hate does not drive out hate. Only love can do that. Only love can set us free. Only love is the true where true forgiveness is found. When we realize that God has truly forgiven us, things change. When we realize that God has forgiven us, that he doesn't hold grudges. I know some of us, we can hold a grudge a long, long time. God doesn't hold grudges. He can't. There is true freedom found when we realize how much God loves us. For our heart to be reset, we have to receive the true love and forgiveness of God. We have to receive that. Psalm 103, verse 11 and 12, it says, For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height, as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The east and the west will never meet. That's how much God has forgiven you. I'm going to read a few verses about how much God has forgiven you. If you have a Bible, underline them. If you don't, go onto our, our Facebook or anywhere. You'll see these verses. These are so important to help your soul heal, to realize that God loves you. Because God doesn't use hate to drive out hate. God uses love to do that. Psalm 130, verses 3 and 4 say this. Lord, if you have kept a record of our sins, who would stand? I don't know about you, but if God kept a record of all my sins, which actually he does. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ has set you free, if you don't believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you, then here's what happens. Your sins, they get tallied. 
that, yep, you did 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 that. That was all before church this morning. And if you have kids, it's like this. It's like all over the place. If you have more than one kid, it's like, forget about it. It's like, you need, you need a book. But you see, the author didn't stop there. He says, God, if, if you kept a record of sins, who, who could stand? Because who could stand before God? If there was a record of all of our sins, but see, it says, but you offer forgiveness. That's the love of God. Isaiah 43, verse 25, I, yes, I, God speaking, I alone will blot out your sins for my sake and will never think of them again. I know some of you are in here thinking, God, why would God ever forgive me? Why would God ever set me free? Because he loves you. That's why. Jesus died on the cross for you. That's why. Because he cares for you. He wants to give you a changed life. That's why. Because God not only wants to give you a better life, but he wants to make you better at living life. That's what God does. He's done that for me. He's done that for so many in here. God wants to set you free. It says in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 7, let the wicked change their ways and banish the way, the, the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on them. Yes, let them turn to God for he will forgive generously. Micah chapter 7, verses 18 and 19 say, where is, there, where is another God like you who pardons the guilt of the remnant overlooking the sins of his special people? And you will not stay angry with your people. You will forgive them because you delight in showing unfailing love. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under our feet and throw them into the depths of the sea. This is the forgiveness of God. This is what God does with our sin. And this is what God asks of us. If you sin, he says, but if you confess your sins, if you confess it, you come clean, you say, God, I'm sorry. It says in he, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says he is faithful and righteous to forgive you of all sins. God doesn't say, that's okay. God says, I forgive you and I wash them away. That's what your God does with your sin. That's what God does with your heart. He wants to make it clean. He wants to make it whole. He doesn't want you to sit in this spot of being okay because okay will never satisfy. Okay will never make you okay. Okay will just keep you at a level you never want to be at. God wants to make you whole. He wants to give you peace. He wants to set you free. And when we say, God, I'm sorry, God says, I forgive you. You see, God designed us in a way that we should not hold on to grudges. We should not hold on to bitterness. And when we do this, we pay the price, not only in our emotional health, but in our spiritual and physical health. But when we forgive and when we let God take vengeance, God sets you free. And when we accept God's forgiveness, there's a freedom that we can have in our own hearts. That's why Romans chapter 12 verse 7 says, never pay back evil for more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Do all that you can to, be, to live at peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For scripture says, God says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, here's what we are to do. Love your enemies. If your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they are thirsty, give them something to drink. You know why? Because that will change the world. 
Like Martin Luther King said, he said, hate does not drive out hate. Only love can do that. I believe that if he was here today and he was seeing the actions that were happening in our world, he would preach the same message over and over and over again. Man, when you read his messages, when you read his sermons, and so much it is talked about love, and he lived in a time that there was way more hate than we've even experienced today. There was way more animosity, and he preached a message of love. He preached a message of, of peace. That's what he preached. And if he were here today, he would say, hate never drives out hate. Only love can do that. And when we as a people, when we make a choice to pursue love, to pursue forgiveness, to pursue that freedom that we can have, we can see God change the world because I believe that God wants to change that. I believe God wants to change the world in our time, but it has to start in you. Revival starts in you first. You've got to be set free. You've got to realize that you're forgiven. And then you've got to start forgiving. You've got to forgive those that, that maybe they've hurt you and they don't even know it. Maybe they're gone and they will never really know that you have forgiven them, but you've got to set them free and you've got to be set free. And when you do that, I fully believe that that will change the world because hate does not drive out hate. Only love can do that. So love like Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you love us so much. Lord, I thank you that your love dissolves hate. Lord, that your love pushes back hate. Lord, that your love does things we can never imagine or think. And Lord, I know right now that there are people in this room that have never received the forgiveness of you, that they need to be set free just like John was set free. He was not deserving. He did not do anything to earn it, neither can we. But he also was so such a terrible person. He murdered people. He killed people. He was part of what is called a massacre. But Lord, you forgave him and you set him free. Lord, you restored a relationship between he and the one whose family he murdered. God, if you can do that, Lord, you can heal our hearts. And so right now, if you're in this room and you want to receive that forgiving love of Jesus Christ, you've never been set free. You've never put your faith in Jesus and you want to have that change. Maybe you see people in your life and they have that changed life. You realize that not only do they have a good life, but they have a great life. Not only do they have a life that's worth living, but they have a life that they love living. And if that's you and you want that life, it can only be found in Jesus. It's not found in this room. This is just a building. This will make you feel good for a minute. But Jesus will make you feel good for a lifetime. So if you want to receive that, I ask that you pray with me. Say, dear God, I'm sorry. And God says right back to you, I forgive you. Say, dear God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I believe in your son, Jesus. And I ask you to set me free. Forgive me of my anger and my guilt and shame and the frustration and the hurt and pain. And Lord, I ask that you'd help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.